years, your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Welcome back to another episode of Study Buddies, the podcast that brings you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more, and today will be a more episode. Sometimes more. My name is Paola Sanchez-Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. We're here with passing notes this week on a study that we talked about last week that I famously am obsessed with. Taylor, can you tell us a little bit about the study that we talked about last week? I can. So this was a study that Pella brought to us, published in 2019, called Children Can Foster Climate Change Concern Among Their Parents. It had findings that suggest that climate change education may play a part in getting people on board to stop the climate crisis. And that if a child's concern for climate change increases, so may their parents' concern, even among conservative parents. And two more additional gender-specific takeaways. The study found that fathers displayed larger gains in climate change concern than mothers did, and daughters were more effective than sons in fostering climate change concern among their parents. Yeah, girl, we just dropping bombs first minute of the episode. We're just like, boom, boom, boom. This is what it found. Blow your mind. Coming in hot with some information. Steaming hot, fresh info from 2019. Yeah. yeah. Um, and again, if you want to hear more about the in-depths of this study, which I 10 out of 10 would recommend, please check out last week's episode to get the full scope on how the study was conducted and what all the findings are, because we only listed a couple here. Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said, it's probably a good time to move to our segment called the Data Data. And this is a segment where we look at how the data could influence our day-to-day on a personal level. Well, let me tell you, Taylor (laughs) Collins, as you know, this is like a heart. This is like a heart thing for me. I freaking am obsessed with two things, intergenerational learning. I love horizontal conversations across all generations. We can learn so much. And is it vertical? Uh, no, because when you are learning horizontally, you're all at the same level. Interesting, because I would think vertical would be like the different generations, like learning together. Yeah, but then you're learning from like a up to down. So it like it's like a hierarchy, whereas a horizontal creates a very even space for people to share their ideas. And that's basically what intergenerational learning is. It's amazing. So that's one thing I'm in love with. And also, I really like fighting climate change because um, I want to survive and I don't want there to be climate refugees and I want everybody to have environmental justice. So lots of passion here for me. The data data is very affected um, in this arena. One, I'm a volunteer with the Sunrise Movement. It is a youth-based organization. I have high schoolers bossing me around in my team. It's amazing. It is a very democratic organization, so nobody's bossing anybody around. But there are team leads that are in high school, and I am not in high school, and they are leading the entire team, which is amazing. And on the other end of that, I have a little cousin who is 11 years old, and three weeks ago, I asked her if she has learned about climate change in school yet and she said to me no what is that oh no right so this is like it's it's funny because you know we have these youth-led organizations like sunrise movement and then we have the majority of young people that are not learning about climate change in school yeah so 
I think climate change is a really interesting topic like on the day-to-day because I mean when we talk about it I I think I think first about like how much I am impacted by climate change because there's education and beliefs so this like study is really talking about beliefs in climate change and I'm like someone who does believe in it but I think belief in climate change and action are also two different spectrums yeah and I think sometimes there's things that like you might believe in it overall which is still a hurdle. We're still, as we said last time, it's like less than, literally less than 60% of adults believe in climate change. So, right. yikes. But there's there's getting people to believe in it, and then there's getting people to take action, which is another thing. And I find that, like, sometimes that's where, in my day-to-day, it might be hard. Um, mm-hmm. Like, one thing, for instance, is, like, I think about water bottles. I really try not to use water bottles. Um, like, I, I just, I think they're kind of a waste we can easily get tap water we have accessible healthy drinking water yeah so much better to you right thank goodness and it's so much better to just use something refillable but there are times where I may choose to use a bottled water due to convenience or like inaccessibility otherwise and so I think Mm -hmm. sometimes like like this is like a very specific example but like the constraint of convenience can impact having eco-friendly practices and having that cons- that like day to day concern, I think is is sort of what this study talks about a little bit with the like, I don't know. I feel like when you're a kid and you find out that like I don't know when I am 25, I'm I'm there may be water wars if we continue going this way. Like there will be constant hurricanes, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to live in this beach town that I grew up in. Like right. when you're a kid and you hear that, I think it. It, it can take an effect. Whereas like when you're an adult and you're living in a beach town and you're not seeing, you know, the thing every single, you know, you've established your life in a beach town. You live on the water. Like you're fine. And it's it's harder when you're in your future rather than looking towards your future. I feel like children are looking towards their future and adults are living in their future. Right. You're, you're stuck into it. And I, I know I feel sometimes like, like I might feel like small, like how can I really help? Like this is a concern of mine, but like, the only yeah. way for me to take action is to a lot of times it's like to spend more money on something that's more eco-friendly but then there's financial constraints that come into play for that or like I said like energy to do the extra work to make sure you're doing eco-conscious activities like riding a bike versus driving a car that's more time consuming yeah. and energy consuming but it's also better for you and better for the environment yeah so I think like sometimes it's hard because when you're just stuck in you're being used to you're used to riding, driving your car somewhere to like get out of that can be hard to do. At least that's what comes to mind when I think of data data for this. Like that's how. Yeah, I think that's very common. And I also think that like it's easy to get stuck in the guilt of like, am I doing everything that I can? And at the end of the day, that's actually like not like we need obviously collective action, but the collective action is going to be around like getting the policy in place right. because the policy is the only thing that's going to stop these like enormous things these enormous bad things from like happening as fast as they could be oh, happening like a right huge now. policy that I was a big fan of and then COVID kind of undid it um but in Connecticut they had started making it so you like had to bring your grocery bags into grocery stores or pay for plastic bags and yeah. for me I was like why, why wouldn't we do this? Like, this is the best yeah. thing. COVID, again, kind of reversed that because they didn't want people to bring things into the grocery store and infection right, rates right, right. and things like that. Um, and ho- but hopefully that will be 
reverse and go back to that that policy because like, yeah. that's a systemic thing that's going to mm-hmm. contribute to less plastic bag use. Right, like holding people accountable in their day-to-day by making it incentivized to financially take climate financially yeah and in hurts. many other ways yeah exactly um and so it that's what's really important and i think that's where the study like plays a really interesting part if like these children are able to change their parents mind their parents are the ones voting the kids can't vote like they're not going to vote and they may want to vote a certain way and i do think that they're a kid can have this kind of power in being able to plead with their parent say hey like just look into this little more or like care about this more because I really care about it and it's going to affect me. Right. Or here's this study, here's this knowledge that I'm bringing to you that you may not have known because I'm sure that a lot of us weren't educated on climate change. Like our, like, yeah. you know, I'm a 27 year old and I don't think our generation was educated as much as we could not have enough. been. So I'm sure, you know, our parents and elder, like older generations really did not get that education. I don't even no. think it was really brought into the forefront at that time. And yeah. so, like, for a child to really have the, the facts and that nuanced um, – the, the nuanced details of what's actually going on and be able to bring that to the dinner table and say, hey, like, I learned this and, like, did you know that? Like, that gives it a different, like, real one-on-one person perspective that might, you know, help parents understand. Yeah. And to bring that full circle, like – I, don't, I'm, I have a very good relationship with my parents now as a young adult, and I have talked to my parents. about. I've continued to talk to my parents about this as I have learned more and more, and I can literally feel their concern increasing and making more environmentally equitable choices on their day-to-day, which is – it's very cool to see that. And so even if you're not a middle schooler, you have the power – to learn more and bring that to even if it's not your parent if it's you know older generations in your company maybe like if you're you know bringing environmental practices to your workplace is something that you may be able to mobilize as a young person with information I I just I want this study to feel empowering to not just children, but also like any young person and any old person because intergenerational learning goes across all generations. Right. It really highlights the importance of having, and we've talked about this when we talked about like racial issues and like things where we really need to have these conversations with our family members. We need to start bringing things to the table and talking about them. Things that Mm -hmm. may not be, you know, people may not be aligned or they may be uncomfortable But, like, this is where change starts, is having these close conversations with people that you love. Yeah, for certain. And with that being said, I really do feel like it's a great time to move into our macaroni and cheese. And this is a segment where we connect the study suggestions to the bigger picture. And, y'all, this is the bigger picture if there was ever a bigger picture. You know what? And I think as you say that, the first thing that comes to mind right now is Texas. Yeah. Like, what is happening in Texas right now I think is a clear picture of like us getting like a finally like a first world impact of climate change like there hasn't been temperatures like this in Texas since I think like the 1970s or something or the or it was the sixth I have no idea (laughs) you know what I probably should look that up before I speak but it's been a long time and these the like this freezing over of Texas like is not normal. Like this, yeah. these giant winter storms, these hurricanes, like I think that we've all noticed that weather's been kind of weird lately. And we're yeah. just like, well, I don't know, things are weird. Like it'll probably settle down. Like I, I don't know that 
what it will because we're messing with like tides and currents and yeah. the way that the winds like wind pattern patterns work all, like globally and yeah there's so much happening and I, I think that this is not the first real world impact that we're seeing um this is one of the ones that I think people are recognizing yeah. because I think it's interesting because it's hitting that target population that as if we're talking about conservative conservatism typically feeling you know a big oil and like Texas is a big you know a big standard Texas has a lot of people who they got their money and ideologies oil. Yeah. yeah so I, I think seeing Texas be impacted kind of brings it brings it home to a population that I think like otherwise might not have noticed it because now it's like in their backyard. Well, Maybe I thought that, but skepticism. do you remember that hurricane in Houston? I do. I do remember that also. And like it, it was the same kind of disaster. And we still have people, you know, denying climate change. And it's it's really hard. Like it's it's just hard when people the entire state has their money in, you know, big fossil fuels. So it's part of me and and on top of that the people that have their money in big fossil fuel are not the people being affected right and that's and that's the thing is there is two sides to this and it's I think it's one of the most important things in this argument is to not shut those people down and to be sympathetic to the fact that like people's lives and financial wealth well-being and livelihood are deeply connected to that so Mm -hmm. when you come at this and say you need to change you need to shut your business down like like people will not do that like they're they're incentivized to keep their to 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 maintain their ways and that is that is a governmental failing well I don't think it's just a governmental failing I think there's a I think there's a person-to-person failing in understanding the fact that like an entire business will be shut down Thousands and thousands of people will be out of work. The entire way that the world worked will need to change. And so my – on a macro, like, picture, my belief is you need to be in there helping these people job transition. How do we take people right. who are who are stuck in these businesses and convert them into renewable energy or teach them other engineering or skills, things that are, are helping take away the fear of losing everything that you have to I be think, able to support this cause. And and those practices are there. Like they're there in policy. They're present. Like the Green New Deal has a comprehensive job plan associated with it. Like there's those those policies are waiting to be put in place. And the thing that's stopping it is greedy people that literally don't want to take the time to transition to clean energy. It's people that literally have dug them, their boots in so deep in the denying and have spread lies to their constituents. And now their constituents believe those lies. And if they vote against those lies, then they're going to lose their constituency. So right. it's a it's- really tricky cycle. It's like an echo, I don't know if echo chamber is the right word, but you're seeing a parallel process of exactly what happened with Big Pharma when they denied the fact that opioids were contributing to uh, addiction or when tobacco companies denied that there were health ramifications. of Because you saw this denial because there was so much money to be made and the ramifications that happened within the population were not strong enough for people to accept those those findings of how it you know yeah and they weren't immediate impacts and yeah it's right. it's it's tricky too when 
you have these lies being spread about it's going to cost so much money to transition. And it is. There's a huge upfront cost, but it's going to save in the long run because the cost of climate, like the climate crisis and not doing anything is significantly more than the cost right. of making these changes. It's not a matter of if this happens, we don't know. Ah, it's like this will happen. We have the data. We have the trajectories. So regardless of whether or not you want this like you want to believe in it like it's going to come like right. we will have these effects happen yeah within our lifetime and within our children's lives lifetime yeah do you want to spend the money now and save people's lives or do you want to spend the money later and lose the majority of the human population <laughs> and it's it's funny because i i sometimes think of this from like a conservative standpoint of okay you're a conservative conservative means like less government interaction right so if the population is shifting towards understanding climate change, and it will as these effects continue to happen, mm-hmm. as as things change, people will will want to move towards a more eco-conscious thing. I this is my predictions. I you know they're we'll not they're not scientific, we'll but <laughs> but my thing is we're so set on being this American capitalistic society. Sure, all right, but you know what happens when capitalism happens? Big businesses fail. Oil fails. Gas fails. And oil and gas, if we're going to be capitalism, then your business will fail if the consumers don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And I think that there's so much like rallying and uh, policymaking and lobbying that's going into keeping consumers invested in the like big oil companies and in um, non-renewable energy. So that way the consumer market doesn't shift in these these markets don't fail, but they, I think they will. It's all its all just a time-limited game now, and I think yeah. people are just grabbing as much as they can before this shift happens. And that grabbing as much as they can is what's stopping us from making the change we need to make. Yeah, and it's sad because they don't have to fail. They can just transition. I, I don't know. Capitalism doesn't usually work that way. I think people but, I think people will come up and seize. And there will be if, – if there is a transition, there will be people who lose out. And I'm not going to like – I'm not going to minimize those plates, but I think that's, that, what, that's what capitalism is. That's what we are rooted in. Right. But the Green we New Deal isn't rooted in capitalism. It's right. It's, we can do our best. And that's best what's different about it. To combat that. But I do think yeah. there still will be effects. But like the effects, like you're saying, are going to, they're going to happen anyway and they're going to be bigger. People will, yeah. People will be so affected that like you, we can't avoid there being negative financial impacts regardless of how we go about this. Yeah, it's just like how much and when and the population that's left over. While we're talking yeah. about all of these like big facts um, and data and statistics and like these big scientific ideas, one of the things that I've been reflecting on recently, I'm reading a book right now called All We Can Save. And it's a book about uh, women that I've been a part of the specifically women of color that have been a part mm. of the um, environmental justice movement for a long time. And this this one essay, I'm, I'm going to pull up the, the title of it right now because it's been it's been on my mind since I've read it. And I think it's really incredible and speaks to how we're educated about climate change and how we learn about these things. The title of the essay is called Indigenous Prophecy and Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would like to refer to it, um, it's written by Sherry Mitchell, who is an indigenous leader in the environmental justice movement. She's amazing. And I think the way that we learn about climate change and science 
can be really intimidating. There's so many facts. There's mm. so much data. There's so much stuff that we don't understand thrown. Sca- scary stuff. That yeah. We and it's thrown at people that may not be, they may not even have a college degree. Some There's a lot of people that like don't graduate high school and that are preyed on by a lot of conservative ideologies that kind of protect them in that regard. There's a huge amount of elitism when it comes to the environmental justice movement and mm. um, it's expensive. That like that like I'm better than you because I buy eco-conscious toilet paper. Yeah, when when really thing. it's like it's expensive to do that. Like it's it costs a lot of money to get a bamboo toothbrush as opposed to a plastic toothbrush. Like these little choices that we make on right. the day to day. And so a lot of the times it's easier to combat your guilt by just denying that it exists because one it's expensive and two there's so much to understand and if you can't articulate it it feels like you you can't believe it because you can't how can I believe something that I don't understand right Mm -hmm. so this essay talks about how indigenous practices for years have been uh, and indigenous peoples have been saying things that western science is now being able to articulate with data and indigenous people have been like yeah no we knew this like we just (laughs) knew it because this is the way that like the world functions like it's just the way that it is there's a sense of balance we are connected to everything this you know there's an integration of self and nature right we are a part of nature we are nature in itself and that is that is a part of the indigenous like spiritual basis and I think that that can be really valuable that sure like there's these facts and data and science and lots of statistics fancy statistics. Yes, very fancy. And then there's the things that we just inherently know. And it makes me curious as to how indigenous teachings can play a part in our educational system so that these things don't feel untouchable. They actually feel understood from like an internal point. Right. It's coming. It's spiritual. It's holistic. It's really being felt from you rather than being like just put on you in a in a fact or a statistic sheet or yeah it's it's more personal yeah and I think that that it becomes a part of your identity then it's really interesting as you say that because I'm thinking about even if you think about the different contexts of where you live and the study did say it controlled versus controlled for like rural versus like I think it was urban environments and I think like thinking about that would someone who lives in an urban environment feel less connected to nature than someone who lives in a more you know rural environment is more connected to the earth might see or witness those implications more and and be more maybe more eco-conscious I you know I don't know I'm really speculating here yeah but I and it's interesting because the people that do live in those rural areas that literally work the land on a daily basis are those a lot of times people that tend to be drawn more into more conservative crowds. And, I, and I, I wonder if that has to do with education more so. Because like than, I, I do think it is, but I think it's because education is telling them telling them what they're supposed to know rather than tuning into what they already know. Somebody that's working the land every day understands the land. And then they're being told that they don't understand the land because they don't know the composition of soil and this and this and this and this. So I think there's just like a very interesting elitist distinction um, in education that may have an effect on how people relate to this issue. 
right? So that's coming from the perspective that, like, we as humans, we as animals are, are and should be connected to the earth and should have that sense. And in in some ways, it seems like we, we've lost that because of the way that information has been disseminated to us. Yeah. I mean, we have very westernized um, scientific curriculum, which is... I think that money, there's money, a merit. Money. Yeah, there's there's a merit money. to it. There is a merit to it, and then there's also um, a little bit of a, a loss in that. That there is there is an idea that we don't know what we don't know. When I actually think that we do know a lot more than what we don't. You know, it's interesting too because as we talk about you know different populations being affected by this differently, what comes to light to me is like who has access to cleaner and safer resources because we know that marginalized populations have a lower life expectancy in certain areas and it it can it goes off often a lot on like redlining and race and you know how things are how things are districted and set out that some populations are set in areas where they're near power plants or they're like maybe not just power plants, but factories, and they're surrounded by more pollution. Right on and, the highway. Right. Their water may not be as clean, or their, you know, just the the area that they live in may not be as clean. And those things not only, you know, affect how how the environment is directly being impacted by our actions, but also, like, the health of these people. And I think people who are, are seeing, like, that they're having, like, more rates of disease and lower life expectancy – from the things that they're in day to day may be more like this is like the opposite of what I'm saying but it may be that the urban environment might be more like understanding of climate change because they're seeing those impacts in you know their their community because it's not being taken care of yeah and they're being stuck in it yeah I I think um as somebody that lives in an in a very urban environment called um Brooklyn New York there is also a great value in being able to be in nature you know, if you're not surrounded, I, I, I do think there's a, a sense of nature to cities, right? Man-made things are still nature. Um, mm-hmm. But interesting. Um, well, we are nature. So things that we make are nature. And I think that that that's a very interesting philosophy to bring up. Yeah. And I think that like when you don't have trees around you all the time and like if you see trees as very valuable, then you are going to value trees a lot as opposed to people that see trees all the time and the trees are just there. They expect the trees to be there. So it's the, it's, it's very like, so interesting. yeah, there's a high value in something that you don't have every day. Right. So there's a lot of pe- think, like reasons that we don't really maybe fully understand that might impact what we think about climate change or how invested we are in it. Yeah. Yeah. This has been an amazing conversation. If you want to have more conversations like this, you can connect with your local Sunrise Hub and have some slide into some actions and see what it's like to be a part of the climate movement from a grassroots level. And if you have any questions about that, literally, seriously, like DM us on Study Buddies. I'm always down to talk about climate, climate change, and how we can work towards a more environmentally just future. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for bringing this study to our attention and this really interesting conversation. I think it's an incredibly important time to be changing policy and looking at what we're doing. It just seems like there's a lot of things that are really important right now. And sometimes climate change can just get lost in the mix of all of these things. And it really needs to not because we're going to see these effects down the line. We're seeing them already. Oh, yeah. 
Well, thanks for joining us for another week of Study Buddies. We'll be back at you with another study next Tuesday. Bye. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer songwriter Caught In Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.